Hi, Gia. Hi. <laughs> how are you? Oh, well, I feel how I look. Um, some of you can see me and some of you probably can't, but I feel fabulous, <laughs> girl. How are you? <laughs> pretty good. I, yeah, I, I'm pretty good as well. Um, we are feeling fabulous today because you are here. We are Duh. so honored <laughs> you, you are here. <laughs> um, to begin, we just wanted to give the people who are listening and want the extra little little spice that comes with the audio-only pre-show, the super fans, we wanted to talk a little bit about um, the best drag song of all time, which you are a part of, which is Stun. Oh my gosh, yes. My favorite <laughs> drag song in the whole world. Right? It's clearly the best. Clearly. I mean, the video, you can't. The song, and you can't even. So. <laughs> I, I... You know what lives in my head rent-free is the line, no shits, no fucks, no chickens, no ducks. What like, do you mean rent-free? Nothing is free in life and definitely not rent. <laughs> so what does that mean? But <laughs> It means that like that line is staying in my brain like, and I don't even ask for it to be there. And it's just, you know, like I'm not. But do you know who it, Helen Hunt is? Yes. Because I don't. <laughs> And I said that line, so that's fine. What was it? No shit, no fuck, no chicken, no duck. Feel like pussy, feel like cunt. Take it to the back and I'll show you the front. Uh. See, I still remember, girl. I didn't, I did not write. Now I have a confession. I did not write that phrase. I did not write that paragraph. Trauma. You know. A ghost writer. Yeah, well, Alaska, you know, it's her song. <laughs> Yeah, so um, you know, I, I, I just reiterated. I I wouldn't speak nonsense like that. I you know, I'm a very <laughs> nice Christian Buddhist woman. I don't speak like that. But, you know, it worked out. And we are so happy that it did. And clearly you served. I mean, we can all agree, but can we expect any more music from you, or is that just like not really your thing? Absolutely not. Um, and I don't think a lot of the girls should be actually making music either. And let me tell you why. why. Yeah. Well, this is my thing. You're a drag queen. You're a performer. You move your mouth to other people's songs, which means chances are your talents don't include you being vocally expressible. So therefore, you should probably save that for the shower. Unless you're like a, a Dor Delano, Willem Belli possibly a Courtney act, you know, who have voices that are beautiful and that actually are pleasant to listen to. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I personally found through my musical journey that making music is just not a passion of mine. Um, I think I liked the idea because I was sold the idea that after Drag Race, you become a pop artist and have music videos yeah. and you keep the whole thing going. And I was really blinded by all that. And although, although I, I, I am very proud of the music video and the single that I did come out with, um, with Alaska Latina Mas Latina after I came back from South America, you know, um, I don't know. It was just such a mind blowing, exhausting experience that I feel like I didn't really fully enjoy. Um, and mm -hmm. I think I was doing it for other reasons. And mm -hmm. 
yeah, I just don't think music is for me. And, you know, yeah, just not for me. And you left your stamp already. So <laughs> yeah, yeah you mean, gotta go out on top. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, you know, I also am just not really looking to excel more in um, like, that part of the entertainment industry, I definitely am looking to do more television or become like a TV host or like, you know, my own thing. Um, but in terms of like performing or like, you know, doing the WAP dance or like any of these other <laughs> foolish things that people are doing, I just really don't have any interest in doing that. And that's okay because, you know, at 30 years old, I'm finding what I'm truly passionate about. And here in Hollywood, it's really hard to sometimes be able to decipher and hyper-focus on what you are passionate about. And so at the same time, I'm just proud to say that I know music isn't for me. I did it, done there, and moving on. Very Amen. cool. Yeah. Amen. Let's get into the show show, Jack Dodge. Amy. Hey, Jack. I'm gay. So funny. I'm also gay. I was going to tell you. Wait, really? Yeah. And And you're you're listening to Dating Straight. Hey, Amy. Hey, Jack. Hey, Gia. Hi. (laughs) So, welcome, Gia. For those of you who missed it, we just had a crazy conversation filled with shade and tea (laughs) about um, the music industry among drag queens um, or people who come off of Drag Race. And I don't know why Gia will never be making another song again. And so if you're interested in that, make sure to go listen to the audio-only pre-show, which you can hear on um, podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Stunning. (laughs) Also, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and subscribe to our Patreon. We put new stuff out all the time. Yeah, All that stuff. Um, Oh, yeah. Thank you, Gia. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Gia, if you were writing a five-star review of our show, what exactly would you have to say about us? Well, baby, I've never listened to one of your episodes, (laughs) and I've talked to you for about five minutes, so I really could not give you an accurate rating. Mm -hmm. But I think you should ask me that maybe at the end of the interview or after the post-editing or the full episode is aired. Mm-hmm. So far, you know, I would say it's, yeah, there's stars there. Let's get into this interview. <laughs> How many? We don't know. Girl, they want star ratings right at the intro. Like, girl, you got to earn those stars. What's going on? Let's get these questions going, boo. <laughs> I actually think that that's a perfect review. So I've never listened. I don't know you guys. Five stars. <laughs> I mean, I I looked you on Google. You guys seem like a big deal. And Ooh, that's amazing. I'm sure you guys have a great platform. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I I would really need to be able to listen to like a few episodes to really no, see no pressure. What, Say no more. what it's yeah. about. I'm a very honest girl. I don't like blow smoke. And that's just my honest thing. But I'm sure you guys are lovely. Well, I, we appreciate your honesty. I think <laughs> this is going to make this interview even better because now we can trust that all your answers are going to be truthful. Truth. Yeah. Sugar-coated. Mm-hmm. Oh, baby, she doesn't... I've been real since 1990, honey. Let's get this going. <laughs> so, okay. Gia, for the people who 
don't know you, which I feel like everyone's going to know you. But who are you for those? No, the, the truth of the matter is nobody knows me. What are you and, talking about? Well, nobody knows the real me. You guys know oh. a persona. You guys know an edit. You guys know this person that was created on television. But you guys actually have no idea who I am as a person. And, you know, who I bring to the table today is much more Gia Ichikawa than Gia Gun. And I can proudly say that I'm a very proud Japanese American trans woman who's literally living and learning each and every single day and yeah, looking to give back to my community and also bring awareness to the trans community while building my empire and hopefully one day being like a CEO of, you know, my own thing. Fuck, that is some queen shit right there. <laughs> well, yeah. Why um, not? Let's let's strive for the best. Yeah, of course. Um, let's get into amazing. our catch-ups of the week. Yeah. We so do like Gia, a quick little catch-up of something that happened this week. For me? I mean, yeah, we you can. We will do it. You don't okay. have to, but you can if you want. This um, week. Oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. I, I'll go fast because mine is traumatizing. I'm kidding. It's not traumatizing. It's completely fine. Um, so I don't know if you remember, but about a month ago, I... Wait, did I talk? I spoke about this, right, Jack? Yes. Oh, okay. So I matched with someone on a dating app and I oh. knew that they weren't interested in me because... <laughs> the in quarantine my, date. Yeah, she's getting desperate. <laughs> the quarantine date, honey, I love. Well, no, just hold on because... Oh, um, oh didn't even get there. <laughs> so I believe that she... It must have been an accident because I then met her. Oh, you like her. women? Yeah, girl. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Jack and I are, are gay, so... Oh, oh, oh is this, this is the LGBT podcast? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Oh, it's all making sense now. Okay, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it must have been a mistake because I messaged her and uh -huh. then I looked today and she unmatched me. So uh, <laughs> it's painful. I have to reimagine my one. whole future. She wasn't the one. But the real tea is that I'm probably going to see her at a wedding that I'm going to next year. So I'm going to be like, what was that? Amazing. Right? <laughs> what do I say? What's like a good comeback? Um, hi, how are you? Mm, true. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Yeah. It That's looks, always a good place and to start. It looks stunning, you know? <laughs> That's I, the goal. Always. My thing is always this, you know, kill people with, Kill people with your looks. If you don't have looks, kill people with your kindness. Period. So I'll kill her with you know? my kindness. Well, you have both, but yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You know, maybe a little, you know, hi, how are you? You know, and you just like <laughs> saunter away and you let them look at what they could have had, boo. That's, that's, mm -hmm. that's what this is about. I mean, so the right. grass is always greener on the other side. So like in the moment, people may feel themselves. But in reality, they like they don't even know what to feel, you know. Mm -hmm. I feel that. Oh, Amen. Yeah. So Amy, make her jealous. You're right. I'll try. <laughs> make that. her jealous, but also, you know what? She may be the one for you. 
you just never know. Like, she, oh. like other things might have gone down. Maybe she was like dating someone and they were like creeping in her like dating apps like a creep. And like, maybe she was like, well, I'm going to save this one for later. Like, mm. you know what I mean? I don't know. Do you guys have uh-huh, each other's uh-huh. numbers? No, I don't know this person at all. And we don't oh, need to girl, make excuses. Well, fuck her then. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, girl. we definitely don't need to make excuses. Like she probably just wasn't interested, and you and know that's what? okay. And how does that make you feel? See, Gia, here's the tea: is that usually I'm not interested in anyone, but someone not being interested in me makes me much more interested in this. Sure, <laughs> I get that. Well, you know, as a trans woman on dating apps, I'm always constantly rejected, not just because of, you know, they're not interested in what I am, but simply because of who I am. And that's difficult, you know. Um, But, you know, we live in a world where people, I think, are trying to become more comfortable with themselves. They're trying to expand their horizons. And, you know, I think especially with this whole movement right now, it's a good time for people to kind of come into their own and maybe give things or people a chance that they never would have before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think, I don't know. I mean, if we're, if we're talking about you specifically, I mean, you were the first trans all-star um, on Drag Race. Um, I was the um, first trans woman to walk into the workroom as a woman. So not just an all-star, I think wow. people, yeah, don't understand. And I didn't really, th- that didn't really get enough attention, but that's a really mm-hmm. big deal, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's what we wanted to ask you about. Um, I don't know. Do you feel like there, you know, you being the first and what year was that? 20, like pretty recently. Do you uh, feel like there, January, 2019. Wow. Yeah. Like, do you feel like there is enough? diversity for or gender diversity particularly um on that show oh i don't think i need to even answer that i think it's a pretty (laughs) blank like apparent question which is a firm no um Mm -hmm. where's the diversity where's the gender diversity all male and you know whether they be black asian white hispanic whatever i mean sure there there's our diversity but the last time I checked, the LGBT is made up of way more than just men. And mm-hmm. this is another reason why I'm distancing myself from drag. And I never really felt that welcome in those spaces, especially once I transitioned, is because it is a predominantly male industry. You know, all the drag, mm-hmm. all the gay clubs, you know, they're all ran by, you know, for a better conversation, cis white gay men with lots of money who continue to basically profit off of minorities or trans people like myself. And I just, I can no longer support that. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. It seems to me like, I mean, if we're going to go there, I hope you don't mind if I go there, but we all recall RuPaul at one point saying that trans women should not be invited on the show. Right. And that created a lot of backlash. And you um, tweeted about it. And I wanted to know about um, how it feels. Like, is it intimidating to come with a statement, come out with a statement that sort of challenges Rue? No. I mean, she's a person just like all of us. And I feel like regardless of your status, if you're a real human, real knows real. 
And Mm -hmm. when people do wrong, they should apologize. When people do wrong, they should also be called out. You know, I've done wrong in my past. I've been called out. And guess what? I've apologized. I own up to my mistakes. I own up to my lack of education. I I own up to my privilege. I own up to all these things. And people need to do that, including her. You know, mm-hmm. and I think we don't need to hold people accountable. I think RuPaul has done plenty for the community mm-hmm. and uh, much more to come. So we all can't speak too soon because she's also not that dumb. And um, they know this industry very well. I think the cards have been dealt and I do think changes will be made. And so at the end of the day, whether that includes me or not, I really don't care. I just would like to see my community on that show Um, because we deserve it. You know, my very first drag show was not a man dressed as a woman. It was a trans woman with full breasts, full body, you know, woman. And for me, Mm -hmm. that was so beautiful. That's what attracted me. That's what I fell in love with. Not some fucking doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> thing. um, for my experience, that's what I, that's what I enjoyed, you know, and mm-hmm. growing up in the Latin community in Chicago, predominantly trans <laughs> showgirls, you know, it's like that for me was the idea of not a drag queen per se, but the trans women were definitely integrated in that. And to then have the show come out and then have us not even be included at all is just very mind boggling to me, especially mm-hmm. considering group mm-hmm. Paul grew up, you know, in New York and shared many dressing rooms, I'm sure with trans women, because like I'm saying in the, what the eighties or whatever, the, those times, you know, trans women were running the drag scene. It's like the drag mm-hmm. queens were trying to be like the trans women if you did not simulate a woman and if you weren't passable, you weren't considered a good drag queen. And so RuPaul's Drag Race came and introduced this idea of, well, you can be anything and be a drag queen, which is fine. I love those doors that were open, but I don't appreciate my community being left out. Thank you so much, Best Fiends, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Jack, you look really tired. (laughs) Wow, that is so kind of you to say. Um, Yes, I am very tired. I have been staying up to like 3 a.m. very frequently because I've been playing Best Fiends. I've just been trying to beat um, my own scores, you know, get to higher levels. And then also I've been looking at the Best Fiends leaderboard and I'm just like, what if I were number one? (laughs) Um, You know, my life would be made. Um, and that's why I love Best Fiends because I'm obviously clearly obsessed. Um, and my favorite thing about the game is like when you're stuck on a level and then like you complete the level and then like all feels right in the world for like that moment. (laughs) (laughs) And then you just have to keep playing. And then I have to keep playing. And then it gives me something to look forward to, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Best Fiends is the can't-put-it-down mobile puzzle game with over 100 million downloads and counting. It's free to download. It has literally millions of five-star reviews on the Apple App Store and Google Play. Millions? millions. Go off. And wow. more levels, events, and challenges are added all the time. So play away. 
there will always be one more level. Um, and seriously, once you download Best Fiends, boredom won't stand a chance, baby. So download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Thank you also so much, Brooke Linen, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. So little small changes can lead to like bigger positive changes. So Mm -hmm. for example, now that I wake up at the crack of dawn to go (laughs) on a hike, I that's just led to such a great lifestyle change for me. And another great lifestyle change was getting new bedding, getting comfy bedding because I sleep so much better now and it just like really charges me forward in my day. Mm -hmm. So... I love Brooklyn in. Wakes you up at 5 a.m. because you're so well rested. You know, you don't need to sleep (laughs) until like 11 like me. Totally, (laughs) Um, totally. (laughs) um, But you know Brooklyn as the internet's favorite sheets. Um, They're also home to bedding, loungewear, and more with over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. Um, We both love Brooklyn in. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they are literally the comfiest sheets that I have ever had. They are like, cool when you need it, but cozy mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. It, like, honestly, I fucking love my Brooklyn and sheets. I'm not meant to swear, <laughs> but like, I did. But like no BS, like Brooklyn and sheets <laughs> yeah. actually are. They hit. They hit different. Um. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> um, they've moved beyond the bedroom to offer bathroom and life essentials too. They have towels, shower curtains, loungewear, which I would love to try, silk eye masks, robes, etc., etc. Brooklinen has got it all. They sure do. And they've got something for you. So go to brooklinen.com. Um, And it is the perfect place to start making small changes that make a big difference. Um, Brooklinen is so confident in their products that all their sheets, comforters, loungewear, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. So go make yourself comfortable. Get 10% off your first order and free shipping when you use promo code dating only at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. Thanks, Brooklinen. And then after you tweeted back to Root, that's when you were on All Stars, correct? I don't really remember the exact sequence. I've tried to block mm-hmm. a lot of that out because it's okay. so, I mean, you guys laugh, but honestly, it was so toxic and so dark for me mm-hmm. that I just don't even really remember. I've moved on. And I think it's also a big part of it is due to my transition. When you transition, Things of your past, especially those types of things, you know, it's like you try to move past them. Mm -hmm. But I think, yeah, she said something stupid. They realized what they, what they, you know, needed to do, which was apologize. And unfortunately, Mm -hmm. I was used as the apology. And, um, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know we're going to bring a trans person on here. We're not going to acknowledge her, her, her transition. We're not going to talk about it. Um, and I certainly am not going to own up and apologize with my own words. So to me, that is, um, not okay. That is not something that I could respect. And, you know, whether I feel used and abused or not, that really doesn't matter because the show's done so much for me. I literally am 
the proud woman that I am today because of Drag Race. I will forever be thankful of RuPaul, the platform that I was given. Um, and perhaps once I start to see a change in the way that they cast people or what we see on TV, you know, perhaps I could rejoin forces. It's never too late to make amends. Mm -hmm. It's never too late to apologize. It's never too late to realize where you fell short, you know, and mm, yeah. that's that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, um, you know, people right now, there's a lot of talk about cancel culture. I know we're hearing about this a lot. And so disgusting. I think, yeah, we have to give, especially for someone like RuPaul, like sort of how you mentioned, RuPaul is someone in our community that has done so much mm -hmm. for us. And like, as and could be doing older, more, but and you could know, be doing more. we don't need to hold, we don't need to expect things from people. We just need to do as much as we can. You know, if she did mm -hmm. all the work, there wouldn't be work left for people like myself or the other community leaders or other activists or other drag queens, you know? So mm. we can't hold her accountable, you know, but. Yeah. I mean, I think it's sort of like similar to the Ellen thing that we've been hearing about is, you know, Ellen, I'm sure Amy knows more about this than I do. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, Ellen sort of has been getting like, quote unquote, canceled for, mm -hmm. um, I don't know the specifics, I guess just like being Awful. a bad person, kind of. Yeah. But at the time, you know, when Ellen came out, she was such a huge influence in lesbian a lesbian public figure in media and so i think we have to respect you know the work that these people put in um while also you know expecting growth from people as well because nobody's stagnant we're always growing so well we can... i stopped expecting things from her a long time ago um especially mm -hmm. after all stars in my experience on there i stopped expecting anything from her um, because I saw it with my own two eyes that things were not changing. So mm. I, I honestly, I agree with that, but I also think we could also end up wasting a lot of time expecting things from people. I think mm -hmm. we could also wa find ourselves disappointed expecting things from people. Um, mm. and so I have learned to really not expect anything of anyone, not even my best friend. I don't even expect people to call me, you know when something bad happens, just because you can't expect things from people. The only yeah. thing you can mm -hmm. do is put out your best. And if you believe in karma, hope that it will come back to you. Yeah. I think that's a good outlook. I think healthy way to deal with. I mean, you know, expect, expecting things is setting yourself up to be disappointed. That's and true. I'm, and I'm just at this, point, you know, whether it comes to dating, whether it comes to opportunities, whether it comes to expecting things from your family or your children or, you know, God, it's like, no, no. I mean, <laughs> you would think it would be nice for people to reciprocate kindness sure. or to reciprocate, you know, stuff. But I don't know. I just stopped expecting things from people and just trying to take my own initiative, my own, my own power and and do something with that you know yeah but i agree mm -hmm. people do always expect especially from public figures especially from celebrities or people with in high places 
people expect because, you know, it's like you have privilege, you've been blessed. So give it to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when you're like a figure of that size, like sort of representing drag as a whole, when like that person fucks up, it reflects on a larger, more than what that one person, you know what I mean? So, but I think you're right. Like we need to not force Rue to necessarily be better herself. We need to be able to hold people accountable as well. But I think also more important than that is like, maybe we should be making sure that Rue doesn't have the voice of drag. Like it should be more diverse than that to Mm -hmm. begin with. So if one person fucks up, it doesn't mean that it doesn't like um, reflect on the entire community, if that makes sense. I personally don't think she has the voice of drag anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. I think she's the host of the show. Um, and mm-hmm. that's it. I really don't think she has the voice of drag anymore. I think um, the queens in the community. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't even really see that many queens using their voices either. Other than like my sister, Peppermint, Milk. Um, mm-hmm. And we're talking more activism. One thing I mm-hmm. want to touch on, too, is that, you know, just because someone's black doesn't mean they have to advocate for BLM. Just because someone's a, you know, a trans person doesn't mean that they have to be a trans activist. Um, mm-hmm. Just because somebody is gay doesn't mean they have to, you know, support the LGBT center. I mean, we are all humans. We're all able to think and um, function however we would like. I think it's a beautiful thing that we all come from different places, different experiences, different ages. And, you know, that's how we learn. That's how we grow as a community also. I personally mm-hmm. just think RuPaul, you know, she's she's an older gentleman. She is in her, you know, she has a way of thinking. Her idea of drag is clearly one way. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, mm-hmm. we cannot be upset with people for being human. And RuPaul, under all the gigs and the wigs, she's a human being. She has every right to make mistakes. She has every right to say drag is this, trans is that. And they're very different because they are very different. You know, it's like when the whole BLM thing happened, I think a lot of the community was expecting something from her. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe a Mm. tweet, maybe an Instagram post. Um... But in my opinion, she just shut off. She she ignored that whole thing. I think to mm-hmm. the point that she even deleted her Instagram or some oh. stuff went down. And um, it, it, it was a clear sign that she is not looking to advocate for this movement. And right. that, um, yeah. You know, we can sit here and assume all we want, but realistically, all the energy that I put into thinking about her and what she should and shouldn't be doing, I need to be putting that energy and thought into what I need to be doing. Yeah. Because, baby, she's Mm -hmm. made it already. While we're sitting over here talking about, well, RuPaul, she's over there, baby, in her whatever millions of dollars mansion (laughs) in Beverly Hills. Lovely. So, really, we also need to stop giving these people the Jeffree Star's the, you know, Tati Westbrooks, you know, all the James <laughs> Charles, 
baby, give mm-hmm. it a rest. You know, there's yeah. so many people out there who are actually really doing good that really mm-hmm. are trying to make a difference here. Let's talk about them. But because they don't have TV shows, they don't have blue check marks, they don't have platforms, they don't have followers. So in society, they're nobody. We don't talk about them. They're not noticed. Mm-hmm. So part of my journey mm-hmm. now, and what I would like to do now is to give those people voices, use my platform to help elevate the most vulnerable and give back. Because that's what this is about. The last time I checked, it's mm-hmm. okay to encounter success. We all want to succeed. We all want to make it, especially here in Hollywood. It's like, yeah, of course, you're going to do and say whatever it is that you need. But one thing that I won't let go of is my dignity and my respect. And I do think that there is a fine line of people selling out in a way. And I think she's sold out. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And wow. (laughs) You are honest and I appreciate that. I mean, and I think we need more people like you who are you know, willing to well, tell yeah. the truth. Well, we live in a place, we live in a time now, I think, especially now where if we're not speaking the truth, then we shouldn't be speaking at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I think with all the fake news and the fake tabloids and all this other stuff, what's real? And in my mind, I mean, some people may call me crude. Some people may call me blunt. Some people may call me negative. I call myself real, you know? Mm -hmm. And if that's too much, baby, there's the door and there's the off button and you don't have to listen to me. Mm -hmm. But I just don't, you know, I've also worked very hard to, to build this type of confidence, to have a backbone, to be able to say things without caring what people say, to be able to state my opinions without having fear. And that's what... Mm -hmm people need to to do. We all need to have that confidence. Mm -hmm. We need to have that authenticity running through our blood. And this idea of being real is okay. You know, yeah, Mm -hmm. there's filters. Yes, there's way to be eloquent. Yes, there's way to get your point across without being too, you know, whatever. And I'll be honest, I'm working on that. You know, I'm still working on that. I come from an entertain, you know, a, a drag background where everything goes, everything went, mm-hmm. whether it was what you were wearing, what you're performing or what you were saying. And now as I'm entering, you know, my 30s as a woman, not as a drag performer, you know, I realize the importance of, of speech and words and eloquence. And it is important. But there is a way for us to speak without the bullshit, without the, you know, cherries on top. I mean, there's a time and a place for everything. And I just think mm-hmm. when we talk about this stuff, it is what it is. You make the decision. You know, at the end of the day, it's like we've spent 30 minutes talking about this. It's like, realistically, you do your research. You decide how you feel about the show. Guess what? Don't buy it on uh, whatever, you know, pay-per-view or whatever it is that you're watching it on. Unfollow the show. Don't support it. But sitting here, mm-hmm. going back and forth about, well, da, 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 maybe it's going to change. And no, girl, that's why I just slammed that door shut, especially once the pandemic hit. I lost my job as a drag performer. 
I was forced off the stage and into the four walls of my one bedroom apartment here in West Hollywood. And I'm still trying to figure it out. And as bad as I'm feeling it, uh, maybe financially or whatever, the happiest I've ever been because I'm not living out of a suitcase. I'm not having to flop around on stage from country to country. And I'm actually having a moment to breathe into my own existence and really take a moment for myself to really rebrand, restructure, and just live. It's so mm-hmm. amazing that this, what this pandemic has done for me. And I feel right. so blessed and I feel so fortunate. Yeah. Well, we've talked about that with a lot of people. And I think I completely agree with me personally. Like this, of course, is a time of incredible sorrow, but like a time of great growth mm-hmm. or great potential. Um, I, I mean, think, is yeah, it a time of great? I'm sorry. Is it a great time of great sorrow? I mean, I understand that people are dying. I understand yeah. that is not okay. And that is not okay. And people are losing their jobs. People and... are losing their jobs and that is not okay. But maybe those people needed to lose their job. I needed to lose my job. I needed to lose my job in order to... to but you have to, the privilege to of... To restructure myself. Yeah, not everyone has that privilege. But I think... I got I, it. No, I yeah. get it. I get there are people struggling, but I think it's a I think it's a time for everybody to wake up. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a time it for is. everyone. Yeah. It is it, it's all about how you look at it, you know? I mean, absolutely. My best friend's, you know, stepdad just died from COVID for going to Mexico. You know, and I was scheduled to go to Mexico next weekend to actually do a drag show. Well, I canceled when I have my flights and my hotels and everything booked simply because this thing is serious, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. But we can make the best of it. Hopefully, you know, like, well, I, think- I just think there's more to the story. I don't think we're all being told all the facts. And I think that, you know, there's a lot more to all this that the three of us are probably, you know, may never become aware of, but it's unfortunate for sure. For sure. Mm. Yeah. I think, um, I think you're right in that we don't know a lot about, like we're at the very initial stages of what this means, like this disease and um, how this will manifest. Um, but I think it also is important to be sensitive. Oh, no, um, for sure. I mean, I just think, I think life is all about what you make it. And I think, you know, if we can somehow turn this around for the better, help each other, conversate, educate each other, I don't know, borrow each other money, give each other opportunities, whatever it is, it's a true test to human society on how supportive we can really be of each other, you know, and how, Mm -hmm. how respectful we can also be of each other in terms of putting on our masks and practicing social distancing and, you know, all that. I'm not saying that this is not a sorrow time, but I'm also bringing to the table that it can also, it can also be an enlightening time. I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess I should just speak on my own experience. For me, it has not been that sorrow of a time. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a great opportunity to sit back and really look at your life and see what you want to take forward with you after this. And so I get that. Yeah. And I just feel like if it wasn't for the pandemic, I would have never stopped doing drag. I would have never closed that door. And that's a mm-hmm. door I've been mm-hmm. trying to close for years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's not that I don't like performing. It's just I'm ready to move on. And people get comfortable with money, with fame, with whatever. And I don't like being comfortable. I like to continue Mm. to challenge myself. I know that there's more for me out there in the world. And I think I really needed the pandemic to help me figure out what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I feel like I've been going through the same personal growth or like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's sort of like when you're, at least for me, I'll speak on behalf of me, like when your worst fear comes true, like I'm very much a hypochondriac, anxiety, Mm -hmm. anxious person. Sure. And like when your worst comes, worst nightmare comes true and you still end up okay. And um, that is obviously a privileged thing that I have, but like, I'm so lucky. And like, it's reframed my brain about like, okay, I can, I can do this. You know, I can survive. I have the will because I've like, I don't know. I was so worried about this happening. And now that it has, it's kind of nice confidence to know that I can get through something like this, you know, and that we can all help each other. Well, I mean, yeah. And this is just me being real. I mean, the, the all for all three of us sitting here in our apartments doing this podcast is a clear sign that we have privilege. We have blessed lives while other yes. people are out on the street trying to figure out where they're going to live tomorrow, you know, and how they're going to feed their children. So, mm-hmm. you know, to all of our listeners, you know, before you go and, you know, just throw away those leftovers at dinner, it's like, well, maybe box it up and give it to a homeless person. You know, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, if you see like there's, you know, I live in West Hollywood. I, there's homeless people like not necessarily right here, but a lot here in L.A. And, you know, if I see someone like outside of a Whole Foods or whatever, like I'll ask them what I could buy them, you know, before mm-hmm. going in and, you know, I'll buy them a few things. Or like I said, you know, starting simple, like not wasting food, you know, go and even leave it out on the street. Like we're in a time right now where somebody will eat that. Somebody mm-hmm. will look for that, you know? And um, also just really like, appreciating your family and your friends and letting people know that they're loved and letting people know that you're thinking of them uh, during this difficult time, you know, I think is so important. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. my father alone, it's like he, you know, doesn't know if he'll be going back to work after 35 years at the same company. And I'm sure he's devastated, you know, but I call almost every day and, you know, try to check up on him and just make sure that like people are okay because yeah, I'm a little bit worried, honestly, for these next couple of months, like people like the dust is settling, the unemployment maybe coming Mm -hmm. to an end for some, like what's really going to start happening. And (laughs) Lord knows, (laughs) Lord knows. I mean, uh, who knows? Yeah. 
Maybe yeah. RuPaul will wake up and tweet, I love trans women. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I guess crazier things have happened. True. I suppose so. Um, well, we are also obviously a dating show. So mm-hmm. um, if oh, you're yes. interested, we would love to <laughs> talk to you about, um, you know, dating and the experience of dating as a trans woman. Um, oh, yes. Because I'm sure that it is much different. Um, and isn't that shitty for- that we even have to say trans woman? It's like, why can't it just be dating while woman? You know, it's like, I can't wait yeah. for the day where it's like, that's not even a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. But go on. Well, I was just wondering, um, I don't know, what, what things do you think um, we as cis people don't consider while dating that, like something that, trans people might have to or that you might have to um and like yeah how what's the best way you think for you know people like us to support um trans women or trans people gender i don't think cis people think about gender um You know, and that's many things, you know, when you step outside of the house, I'm sure, you know, and everyone around you knows that you are a male. And Mm -hmm. when you step out, I'm sure, you know, I'm, I assume you identify as female and the rest of the world sees you as female. Mm -hmm. Well, nowadays we do have to ask, you know, that's another side going deeper into the conversation, but Mm -hmm. let's start at the very basics. Trans people step out and we have to think about, okay, am I coming off, you know, feminine enough? Do I need to up my voice? Do I need to look down while I walk past these, you know, straight men before I get bashed? I mean, there's just so much more that I, as a trans person, just have to deal with even before the dating that cis people Mm -hmm. don't have to go through. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we, and then we extend the umbrella to, to, to gay and lesbian and bi. Trans people don't have a closet to hide in. Y'all do. If you wanted to hide in a closet and pretend like you were straight to blend into society or to, you know, protect your job, you can. Trans mm-hmm. people don't have that luxury. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, when it comes to dating, at least in my experience, um, People are okay with the whole, like, well, you're a woman, you know? It's like, sure, I'm I'm privileged. I look okay. You know, I, passable or not, I hate that word, but it is a thing. Um, mm-hmm. And nowadays, most heterosexual men, if they're going to be with a trans woman, they want you to be passable. They want to be able to take you out into society or take you to their family and not have people suspect that you're trans. Well, that's Mm. a very big request and expectation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is also where we come back to the expectation. So now you're expecting me as a woman to sound a certain way, smell a certain way, look a certain way, have a certain thing between my legs, all these things. Yeah. Cis people don't have to go through that. Yeah, we already like sort of, I suppose, like, whoa, sorry, meet the expectation that our partners expect of us. Period. You know, yeah. um, 
I would say that's the biggest difference. I think that is sounds like a big difference. So when I go to certain places and I get misgendered, you know, it's very mind boggling to me because I don't think that anything of me other than possibly my voice comes across as male, you know, and that is just such a thing that we need to shake. And I think it starts within our own community because gay men are the worst when it comes to being critical of trans women, whether it be because they're envious or whatever it may be, it needs to stop. Because Mm -hmm. we cannot be the LGBTQIA plus community while we're tearing each other down, being critical and running up to the straight man that's dating the trans woman saying, hey, bro, do you know that's the man? Because you want to sleep with him because you're, you know, you're whatever masculine energy. It's like you need to dominate me and take my man. Bitch, get your own man. You know, it's like, yeah, what the fuck? You know, people, I don't know. So, yeah. To go back to your original question about being fetishized, I also think there are a lot of trans women present day and past that have given trans women a bad name, that have represented us in a very overly sexualized way, myself included. Um, I think it comes from a place of working so hard to have the bodies we have to become the people we become and what better, who doesn't want to feel sexy, you know, and of course. sex sells. It's a way of being liked. It's a form of likeness. And unfortunately, I think a lot of trans women in specific also have been forced into sex work, whether it be porn, escorting, only fans, modeling nude, whatever it may be. And I think when we see the ideal trans woman only in those lights, that does not teach society that there are other types of trans women out there. Yeah. And that Mm -hmm. you could be with, not that you could be with, but that it goes beyond that. Multifaceted human beings, not just like sexy women. Yeah. I mean, now, most a lot of trans women are very beautiful lots of trans women in my opinion exude and exceed basic femininity mm-hmm. i mean a lot of trans girls are very glamorous and overly feminine and that's why men like us that's why men mm-hmm. look at us that's why men want to date us until oh that's a man now they want to murder us so how do we get to the point where my we all have a past life where my past life doesn't have to affect my current day to the point where now my safety is in danger mm-hmm. i'm not currently a man so what's the problem Right. I'm also not a drag queen with a wig on and pounds of makeup and foam body trying to trick you. Mm-hmm. You see? Yeah, it's not an illusion. It's not an illusion, but we don't have enough people talking about this. We don't have enough trans women in the spotlight talking like this. 
Mm-hmm. They're either in the spotlight soaking it all up for themselves, all the fame, all the glory, all the proceeds, not turning around, not donating, not showing up for community, not doing anything. Or we have the trans women of you know color that like are constantly battling each and every single day to hand out meals to the community, to house the community, to support the community, to give you know uh, medical services to the community. You know, being transgender is not just, oh, I feel like a woman. There is so much that goes into it that people don't understand. And I just wish that we could be given a little bit of a fucking break, girl. You know, it's like, yeah, fuck. You know, people are so critical and so quick to judge. And the community is fed up. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, and I think you're exactly right about your point about like it begins within the larger LGBTQ plus community because I don't know. In general, this might be a generalization, but I feel like like LGBT people in that community um, are surrounded by more trans people than you know straight people are just initially. Sure. And so we have the like responsibility and opportunity um, as, you know, cis members of the LGBT community to, I don't know, amplify that voice because I feel like our voice, I mean, it's clear to me that like gay rights are not perfect and we are still, you know, like a class of people that isn't fully understood, but we've made great strides very quickly, I think. But I think we've left trans people behind. As a community. Well, I was just going to say gay rights and trans rights are two different things. Absolutely. Let me ask you this. As a gay, cis, white male, would you advocate for trans people before gay men, gay people? Do you current day? Well, the thing is, is that I feel like um, because gay, like I feel pretty comfortable already in my, in like how society views gay people, especially living in a city like LA and now I'm in New York. So I feel like I don't have to worry about that as much. Um, so now is the opportunity for like, like, I don't know, I personally feel like I don't need to be every day, you know, going around at like active, being an activist for myself. Um, but, and like, it's time to support those who do need us. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a hard question, you know? Have you done any advocating for trans? Have you done any, like, what do you do as a gay male to support trans people? I mean, I've marched. um, I've donated. Mm -hmm. um, You know, we speak about things on this podcast. um, But I'm sure there's always more I can do, you know? There's more I can do. Absolutely. I think that's the the hard question is like, um, how can we put in the work um, and, you know, be confident in that we are doing good while also still pushing to do more. And I feel like that's a hard, um, that I'm something I'm still working towards, you know? Absolutely. And it's not to put you on the spot, but the conversations start here. And for me mm-hmm. as, you know, an, a, a, an advocate for the, I, I need to know, you know, and also yeah. gay men also need to know, like, did you even know that you could advocate for trans? Did you know that you could be a trans activist while being a gay male? Um, 
That's an interesting question. I think, I think I personally only thought about things like that, like during Pride Month, you know, like. Um, Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. And now since like BLM and like since a lot of um, women of color have been, you know, being harassed or murdered, I think Which has been a, going on for years, but yeah. Of course. But now it's just, just getting spotlight. like a larger spotlight. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now um, I definitely am thinking about it more, you know, like year round <laughs> and trying to figure out my voice and, you know, what is my um, place in, yeah, what is my place in this movement, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, I think there is a great divide. And for me personally, I'm like, I'm somebody who doesn't even think that the T should be in the LGBT acronym. I think that it should be removed because I don't feel aligned with lesbian, gay, or bi. That is something very different than a transgender individual. I partially think part of the reason why we are in the predicaments that we're in as trans people is because we've also been categorized as being homosexual because that is what Mm. gay, lesbian, and bi means. So Mm -hmm. people are now very confused, especially with drag race and gender non-conforming and non-binary and bearded queens and bio queens and the 41 plus genders. What actually is a trans person? And that's a conversation in itself that we don't have the time to have today. But at some point, there needs to be a shift. And I feel like being trans is its own category. I'm not trying to separate or divide the community. But if we're not going to be included, if we're not going to be fought for, if we're not going to be put on the same level as everybody else outside of a nightclub up on a stage being handed a fucking dollar, I don't need to be a part of that acronym. Like, don't pretend. Don't pretend. Mm -hmm. I think where people are still getting confused, which is insane, it's 2020, is they don't understand the difference between gender and sexuality. Like those are completely two different things. So I do, Mm -hmm. of course, see what you're saying. Like wanting to make trans its own thing because it doesn't really have anything to do with lesbian, bi, or gay. It's like, and then, okay, let's go back to our history that we're now learning about how many years later, which is crazy to me, myself included, which just indicates there just hasn't been enough education. Mm -hmm. It's all been jolly be golly for too long. Yeah, absolutely. And my thing is, how is it that gay rights were fought for by trans women of color and now we basically have no rights? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It just is so mind boggling to me and it feels a little like betrayal, you know, Mm -hmm. by the gay community. And that's also another thing where for me, drag, it's like, so I only mean something to you with a wig and makeup on and up on a stage. But as soon as I, you know, but when you see me at the store and all the, it's like, well, is that 
my only importance to the community. Yes, queen. Mm. Y'all don't even know what yes, queen means. Y'all don't even know where that came from. Mm-hmm. Put those fingers down. Let me get up off this stage. Let me start using my platform and let me start having conversations like this to really get people's minds jogging. There's plenty of people with l- lashes, lipsticks, and death drops, you know, that are gladly taking the spotlight. For me, mm-hmm. that's not making a, di- a real difference in this movement. That's not contributing towards the trans conversation. Because when I'm up there on stage, how many of y'all still look at me like a man? A really pretty one. And then we talk about the straights. Oh, yeah. She's one of them. She just looks really good. We're going to give her a 20, not a dollar. But you still think of me as the same thing. That is Mm. not okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you're exactly right. Like, we categorize trans people in the same category as drag, which is inherently the same category as gay whiteness. Or, I mean, that's not what drag was, but that's sort of what we see it's on TV. It's not what it was. Right. It's but now it it's was. sort of the most, dare I say, the most like successful queens coming off of these shows are now, you know, cis white, usually attractive men, gay men. Hmm, that's, and, to, that's to be determined, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> okay. But you know what I mean? Like, sure. yeah, I think you're exactly right. Like we've, I say we as though I'm part of drag culture, but like we yeah. borrowed this transness, this, this gendered... Um, stole, I think is more the word. Stole, stole this mm-hmm. gendered culture and reformatted it and claimed it as ours instead of, and left people in the dust, left, you know, I don't yeah. know, it's just really unfortunate. Mama, I'd like to hear from you as a cis woman. What do you feel like, you know, what do I need to do? You know, what, what, what do I need to do to help this further along? I think that you are doing it. I think that you're using your platform to have the tougher conversations and to inform white cis people like us and to have all of our listeners who are pretty much all part of the LGBT like experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just... But mostly the LGB experience. Mm, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily even say that. Mm. It just makes me so emotional because it just really sucks. And, you know, I ask these questions because I, I do... I need guidance too. I mean, I've only been in transition for five years. It's like, I don't have all the answers for people. Mm-hmm. And... I know that I'm privileged. I know I come from a blessed background, but what can I do? You, you are, are doing these conversations your really, really going to change anything? You know, yes. it's like, I just can't stress enough. It's like, it's just I, hard and people don't yeah. understand. And I feel like I honestly... Not you guys, but I just feel like a lot of the time when I have these conversations, like I'm literally talking to like 
I don't know. People are nodding their heads and shaking their heads and saying yes, and we understand, but like nobody really we? understands what I, mm-hmm. what we go through. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like terrible how people trans treat trans people. It's terrible what the government, you know, yeah, allows us to do and doesn't allow us to do, and like the lack of resources and the rights and just all of that is so not okay. Yeah. It's scary. I cry out of fear because sometimes I just don't, I I just don't know. It seems, yeah, like a lot of weight that we don't understand. Like, like people, I think because like as soon as you become a trans person or not become as soon as you i don't know exactly we put a lot of weight we put on a lot of weight on you to be an activist and to know everything and to have all the answers and represent your community and the reality is like we can't expect that of any one person it's not mm-hmm. like you signed up for that and knew all the answers and want to share them you're still learning and growing and i think we have to be patient with one another. Um, but yeah, people regard. are, but at all that people are so worried about why I don't have hips, why I sound like a man, why, why I like, you know, why I do the things I do, why you're bullying pheromone. It's like, girl, it just, it, you know, it, it, and that's why I just have to get away from all that because that is very sad. And I'm sorry, I love Drag Race. I love the show. I love all that. But the fans are so toxic, so young. They have no idea Mm -hmm. about real life. And girl, Mm -hmm. I'm a 30-year-old woman. It's not something that I'm looking to entertain anymore. And I don't want those followers. I don't want those comments because Mm -hmm. that puts us in a dark place. That's why so many drag queens are bitter, you know? Absolutely. Because... At some point, it's like, just enough is enough. Like, we're people too. We have platforms. Yes, we're blessed. Yes, whatever. But we're doing what we can and we're living and learning. And for me, to go on All Stars, dipping into my surgery fund to to spend on drag, to go to this show to possibly, you know, I knew I wasn't going to win, let's be real. And that's sad to say, but okay. It's like, and then to not even be acknowledged about like how far I've come or my transness, that is disheartening, disrespectful, and just unfortunate and a very Mm -hmm. big missed opportunity. But I do consider myself a trailblazer. I was the first. And all I can hope is that there will be at least one or a few more to come. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's it. Yeah. You've done, I think, more than enough. And I think that's like, you know. And isn't that shitty that I feel like I've done nothing? Absolutely. But I think that is the... I don't know. It's like the endless That's circle life. of, yeah. yeah. And, and it's just, you know what? It's like, as we've been saying a couple times, 
expectation. You can't expect perfection out of yourself. Mm-hmm. And you can't but expect we do. to work. Us as humans, of course, we expect of ourselves to look perfect, sound perfect, perform the best, you know, appear the best, have the best Instagram feed. It's like, and especially now, there's so much pressure, especially for somebody like me, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. and I can't, I just can't wait till baby, I have that empire that I spoke about in the beginning of this interview. Mm-hmm. That is not just a dream. It will be my reality for I could feel a little bit less of that pressure and really help people breathe into this new energy, this new way of thinking, this new existence, because yeah. it's mm-hmm. time, not just I, for yeah. me, not just for trans folks, but for all. Yeah. I think that you're doing that already. You're already using your voice to like emancipate yourself from your pain and trauma and empower others. And you've empowered so many others. So I think that you can be proud of that. So and And, you you have have to say you've asked us the tough questions today and you know gotten us. Well, that's my job too. I'm not just here to be a guest. Yeah, but you know, not everyone (laughs) not everyone, you know, you know uses their platform as we've spoken about. Um, well, and, and that's why people are like, oh, you're not an activist. You, Baby, I'm an activist however I want to be, whenever I want to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And my biggest advice to people is simply doing like what I did, raise questions. After we hang Absolutely. up, I'm pretty sure y'all will think about things that we spoke about as sure. will I. I mean, I've spoken about this time and time again. So that's why honestly also, you know, there's a part of me too that's like, y'all want me to talk about this stuff? You got to pay me. You want me to talk about my transness? Why do I got to talk about that? This is something that I've spent so much time in my life to be just who I am. Let's start there. I mean, how much work have you guys put into being men and women? That was a given. You know, Mm -hmm. that's not something you had to work for. Why do I got to talk about that? But I talk about it without a price at times because it's important. And this is how I feel that I can help give back to my community. Is it sometimes annoying? Is it sometimes dark and not what I want to talk about? Absolutely. But is it possibly Mm -hmm. giving people a story to relate to? Maybe shedding some light where it's much needed? Absolutely. And that's why I do what I do. But as you can see, it's not just sitting down and talking about like, you know, oh, well, you know, Life is so hard for a trans person. It's like, well, yeah, no shit, bitch. We get it, you know? Mm -hmm. But I really need people to start getting it. It's like... I thank you for, you know, giving us the opportunity to talk about this with you because, you know, I think, like you said, you don't, like, you know, we don't, we shouldn't expect that of you. and. I thank you for having that conversation. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. And yeah, I just can't wait till the day where I don't have to show up and talk about my transness. I don't have to show Mm -hmm. up as the trans woman from Drag Race. That sounds awful. Why can't I just show up as Gia Ichikawa, the beautiful Asian woman, or just Gia Ichikawa? Why, Why are we so set on labels, so set on you know, the gender norms and what this and that should be. And, 
you know, but we are in that time and I am a human mm. being in 2020 and this is where we're at, you know, mm. but I like to raise yeah. the questions of where we're going. I also like to raise the awareness of where we need to be because I don't Absolutely. think a lot of people are doing that. So I thank you as well for having me on here. I hope that it wasn't, you know, too raw of an interview for you, but I think it's necessary. And the that's why you guys interview. asked me to, that's why you guys asked me to be a guest on here. You know, mm -hmm. if you wanted the fluffy story, well, go ask, you know, Carmen Carrera or Manila Luzon. I don't know. Well, I think we have come to the end of our time today, but Gia, oh my god, you wouldn't say <laughs> what? Perfect. Um, so because baby, I got a nail appointment. Girl, look at this, Phil. Well, these babies need to be done. Y'all got me over here crying out my good Thursday morning beat, <laughs> giving RuPaul way too much light, girl. Um. Well, it's our mistake, but we. We thank you for coming on. Oh, no, and not your, your mistake at story. all. I think y'all are doing really great things. Just please, you know, yeah, think about what we talk about. Maybe y'all want to get more trans guests on here. You know, maybe you want a trans man. You know, I'm more than mm -hmm. happy to refer you. There's, you know, a whole different experience, too, that we're also missing from mm -hmm. the trans male mm -hmm. side of things. Um, sure. You know, I think trans women do get a lot of the light. Um, and our brothers are forgotten about, so. Absolutely. I, Gia, where can people who have been inspired by you, where can they find you? Um, well, everywhere. Um, Instagram, <laughs> at Gia underscore gun, YouTube, Gia gun entertainment, and I guess Twitter, at Gia gun. I guess TikTok too, but girl, I'm too old for that. <laughs> but that's Gia underscore gun three. Baby, just go to the Instagram. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much again for joining us. And thank thanks you for listening. I'm Amy Odman. I'm Jack Dodge. And this is Dating Straight. See you next Tuesday. Bye. We can be a broken hearted lovers. You can help me recover. Ooh, we could be a broken hearted lovers.